Hello and welcome to Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM and WKRM Radio. Your hometown news broadcasting from the Debbie Matthews Nashville Realty Newsroom in Columbia, Tennessee. I'm your host, Tom Price. Today is Friday, March 1st, and we start with local news. Construction is underway downtown, set to bring multiple projects to life along the East 6th Street area of Columbia, including downtown's first high-rise apartment complex, The Drake. Anyone who has walked or driven along East 6th Street near the Woodland Street intersection might have noticed construction crews taking residence over the last few weeks. And while construction might create some inconvenience, the combined finished projects aim to add another layer to downtown's growing tapestry of businesses, modern residential options, and historic preservation. The Drake will offer 293 rooms, a parking garage, ground-level retail space, courtyard, and other amenities. Franklin-based Bristol Development is overseeing the project, which is estimated to be completed in early 2026. They've closed on their property and submitted all of their building and construction plans to our development services staff, who are reviewing all of that now. But we went ahead and gave them the demo permit to begin site prep and demolition, City Manager Tony Massey said. They didn't waste time at all getting all of that paperwork knocked down and gone, he said. Adjacent to the apartment I'm sorry, adjacent to the apartment project, construction to expand the Murray County Archives has been underway for about six months, which should be nearing completion by the end of September. The archives expansion will add an additional 18,500 square feet to its current 8,500 square foot facility, which will add a much needed space to preserve and to make accessible the historic documents of Murray County. Down one block at East 6th Street in North Main, two more projects, including new restaurants and a butcher shop, are being constructed, adding to the changing landscape. There are also plans to construct a museum dedicated to the city's automotive history, though Tony Massey said details of that project are limited at this time. I don't know much about that, but that it's going to be next to where the downtown apartments are going, Massey said. There's a lot of synergy going on downtown right now, he said. The Drake Apartments will consist of four stories with an additional lower level serving as a basement with units ranging from one, two, and three bedrooms. In addition to its private garage parking, other Drake amenities will consist of a courtyard area with a pool, dog park, and pet spa, a bike lounge, fitness center, as well as a music podcast studio. There are also plans to open retail space at the facility's frontage onto Woodland Street. It's pretty much got all the bells and whistles that a modern apartment community can have, Bristol Principal Charles Carlyle said. There are a lot of people that love these little urban areas, and so we always want to attract people that could have bought a home but want to live in a downtown area, having all of the amenities without having to maintain their own space. That's the target market that we are aiming for, he said. The Drake will also provide what's called a co-working space, which is a gathering spot set up like a coffee shop for meetings and networking. It feels and looks like a coffee shop, with drinks and coffee available to residents 24 hours a day, 7 days a week, Carlisle said. There will be tables, chairs, and little offices set up where people can come down and either be by themselves or maybe have a small meeting down there. That's a big deal today, with a lot of people working from home, he said. 
Carlyle said what attracted his company to build in Colombia was the thriving atmosphere of growth, small businesses and retail, as well as its integrity in maintaining its history, and why his company hopes to bring a new and exciting chapter to downtown Colombia's continued growth. It's about keeping the trend of revitalization in the downtown, and I think this will really enhance that, because people living downtown is a really important thing to have, Carlyle said. It's really exciting to see. A Murray County public school teacher was indicted on February 15th on 16 charges related to child sexual abuse, all of which allegedly occurred on multiple occasions between 2020 and 2023. According to the indictment, Kenny L. Anderson Jr., 39, of Columbia, is accused of having unlawful engage, unlawfully engaged in sexual contact with a child 13 years of age or older, but less than 18 years of age. The indictment further states that Anderson was in a position of authority over the victim. In total, Anderson was charged with five counts of rape, five of incest, five of sexual battery by an authority figure, and one count of aggravated sexual battery. According to Murray County Public School Superintendent Lisa Ventura, Anderson was suspended last August pending the investigation. Per Murray County Public Schools board policy, all suspensions are without pay, Ventura said. Murray County Public Schools is aware of his indictment, she said. Ventura said Anderson is still employed, but did not comment on his current status. Anderson was booked into the Murray County Sheriff's Office on February 20th and released later that day on a $200,000 bond. He's scheduled to make his first court appearance this week. A bill sponsored by State Representative Kip Capley would expand the penalty for certain burglaries from a Class E felony to a Class D felony. House Bill 1978 addresses burglaries of freight or passenger railroad cars, automobiles, trailers, boats, airplanes, and other modes of transportation. Tennessee Republicans are committed to improving public safety in our state, Capley said. Stiffer penalties deter people from committing crimes, and this bill will ensure individuals convicted of burglary receive the sentences they deserve. Tennessee is a law and order state, and we will continue working to find solutions to reduce crime and protect victims, he said. There were more than 31,731 reported thefts from motor vehicles in 2022, an increase of more than 2,000 from the previous year, according to the Tennessee Bureau of Investigation. Break-ins and attempted break-ins of delivery trucks are major issues in Tennessee and across the country. A group of people attempted to break into an Amazon semi-trailer when it was stuck on the ice in Memphis in January. A month before that, a major transportation company issued a warning to its drivers to stay cautious and secure packages due to a rise in reports of truck break-ins. House Bill 1978 was scheduled to be heard in the Criminal Justice Subcommittee this week. Representative Capley represents House District 71, which includes Wayne County, as well as parts of Hardin, Lawrence, and Murray Counties. First Farmers and Merchants Corporation, the holding company for First Farmers and Merchants Bank, announced that Diane Gordon was named Branch Administration Officer of the Bank. Diane is a 40-year veteran of First Farmers and Merchants Bank and will be responsible for the efficient and effective operation of the bank's branch network in her role as branch administration officer, stated Brian K. Williams, First Farmers Chairman and CEO. Her deep knowledge of First Farmers operations and experience across our branch network will be important assets to her successful oversight of First Farmers branches, he said. 
Diane joined the bank in 1980 and has served in many capacities within our branches. She was head teller at our main office, main office operations manager, branch platform coordinator, and a branch manager. She also served as regional bank training manager, regional director of operations, teller coordinator, and most recently as a branch administrator. In her new role, Diane will monitor the operations of the bank's branches with a focus on the achievement of profitability and efficiency goals, including the deployment of staff resources. She will provide management oversight and direction for the ongoing development of branch team members. She will also be the primary point of contact for technical issues and problem resolution in the branch network, he said. Diane is a devoted individual who actively contributes to her community through her involvement in her church and managing the family farm alongside her husband of over 40 years. Her unwavering commitment to service and family values is evident in every aspect of her life. First Farmers and Merchants Corporation is the holding company for First Farmers and Merchants Bank, a community bank serving the Middle Tennessee area through 22 offices in seven Middle Tennessee counties. As of December 31st, First Farmers reported total assets of approximately $1.9 billion, total shareholders' equity of approximately $124 million, and administered trust assets of $5.9 billion. For more information about First Farmers, visit www.myfirstfarmers.com under Investor Relations. Yesterday, Waxing Company, I'm sorry, Waxing Columbia Company opened their doors in North Columbia. Front Porch Radio's Delk Kennedy stopped by the ribbon cutting and spoke to business owner Jessica McClellan. This is Delk Kennedy, Front Porch Radio. This afternoon, I'm out on the Nashville Highway across from Kroger. I'm at the Total Health Collective, and they have a grand opening and ribbon cutting here today for Waxing Columbia Company. I'm talking with Jessica McClellan, who's the proprietor of Waxing Columbia Company. Jessica, congratulations. Thank you so much. I'm overwhelmed at the amount of people that are here right now. Tell me what Waxing Columbia Company is all about. Yeah, so we do full body waxing, um, and we also offer holistic facials. Oh, wow. Now, is an appointment required? Um, Yes, I do. At this time, I'm I'm by appointment only. But working towards being open, um, you know, where you you can just walk in. I'm working on that. Okay. To find out more about Wax and Columbia Company, where do people go to find out how to make a reservation, where to find you, and the services you offer? Yeah, so you can go to waxingcolumbiaco.com. Um, I'm also on Instagram at waxingcolumbia931. Two six three eight five five eight, and we can also get text message on that number. All right, that's awesome. What are the days and hours available for appointments? So Monday through Saturday, um, nine to five. There we go. All right, this is Del Kennedy, Front Porch Radio. I'm at the grand opening and ribbon cutting of Waxing Columbia Company. I've been speaking with Jessica McClellan, the proprietor of Waxing Columbia Company. They are here. They're available. For more information, go to their website, give them a call, make an appointment. Jessica, congratulations. Thank you so much. The Spring Hill Board of Mayor and Aldermen have approved an agreement for the purchase of property for future recreational use. The agreement calls for the city to pay $3.6 million for 33.65 acres located at 2841 Hurt Road, which is located in Williamson County. Also part of the agreement is the clause stating that it gives the seller of the property the right to name the park property, including trails, paths, buildings, or amenities in recognition of the seller's family. 
The seller in the agreement is identified as Danny C. Allen, trustee of the Danny C. Allen Trust. Alderman Brent Murray noted the need for the property from a recreation standpoint, adding that the need is great for all sports and activities. At Parks and Recreation, they've been looking for years, he said. This property is a great center point for fields, playgrounds, and park amenities as well. He added that the city set aside $1.5 million for park land acquisition, adding that the price for the property is enticing. It's a lot of space for not a lot of money, Murray said. It's a great opportunity to provide something that's a need here in our city. Other aldermen agreed about the opportunity to purchase the land and the need for the recreation space. City Administrator Pam Kasky said the city has a due diligence period as set forth in the agreement. She said the city has money available for the purchase of the property once the property amendments and transfers are made by the board. The board voted 8-1 to one to approve the purchase agreement, with Alderman Kevin Gavigan voting against. Gavigan had expressed his concern that the purchase agreement was included on the board's agenda as a consent item, even though there had not been much time for public discussion and for the board to get familiar with the opportunity. An item discussed by the board in its February meeting as part of its work session but not voted on was the requested annexation of the Caldwell Farms area. The annexation request came to the board with a favorable recommendation from the Planning Commission and includes a rezoning request. Mayor Jim Hageman acknowledged the developer of the project in question has produced a quality development in Spring Hill, which he added is something the city government wants. He praised several aspects of the design of the proposed development. My issue is that I strongly believe the issues we have on this, specifically to water and sewer capacity, this would not support my philosophy of responsible growth, the mayor said, noting that he believes the city should avoid adding to those issues. Your company is fantastic, but I can't, as a representative of the citizens, support any more growth that does not allow us to move forward with the issues we have upon us, he said. Several aldermen agreed. Alderman Trent Linville noted that he was the one vote against the annexation on the planning commission. He voted to the pointed rather to the fact that all the other surrounding areas of the property of the property in question are single family homes and the development includes multifamily townhouses. I don't think it meets the public benefit standard we should have for development in Spring Hill, he said. As a board, we need to decide to do what we want to reserve sewer capacity for residential development or to help diversify our local economy. We are really heavily weighted toward residential, he said. Alderman Vincent Fuqua, however, said that although he agrees with what the mayor said, he believes the city can service the area. Kevin Gavigan also expressed his appreciation for the work the developer has done in Spring Hill, but he pointed to the work the city has done on Buckner Lane and the impact more residential development would have there. After a citizen election task force spent a year working on alternatives to the way board members are elected based on changes in the state law, the board found out on February 20th that those efforts may not be necessary now. Kasky and City Attorney Patrick Carter explained that approximately a week after the CETF made its recommendations to change Spring Hill's board board elections to wards rather than at-large, an advisory came down from the Tennessee Municipal League that the way the elections were previously held may be legal. The Municipal Technical Assistance Service has informed the board they have three options. One, to continue as voting has been historically done and make sure the state agrees to it as being legal. Two, implement the CETF recommendations. Or three, do what has been done with state approval and rebalance the wards from which aldermen are elected. 
Kasky said the wards need to be rebalanced in order to make sure each ward has near the same number of people. She also stressed the importance of Spring Hill citizens filling out the special census, explaining that it will help with ward balancing and help the city get more money from the state. The consensus among board members was much like Alderman Matt Fitterer's comment that while he appreciates the work the seat ETF did, the reason for putting the task force together was all based on a premise that there was a mandated change. He added that he believes the system Spring Hill has been using works well and makes sure all of the elected officials are accountable to all citizens. Attorney Carter said he would follow up with the TML to make sure the city is in fact following state law. He noted that a lot of cities got the same MTAS opinion across the state. And now, your hometown memorials, sponsored by Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home. Douglas John Tracy, 67, a member of First United Methodist Church in Columbia, died February 26th at his residence in Hampshire. The family will visit with friends on Saturday, March 2nd from 3 to 7 p.m. at Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home. Online condolences may be extended at www.oaksandnichols.com. Mary Charles Redmond Berwind, 77, a resident of Columbia and retired clerk for Tennessee Farm Bureau, passed away Thursday, February 29th at Green Hills Center for Rehabilitation and Healing. Graveside services will be conducted on Monday, March 4th at 2 p.m. at Mount Hope Cemetery in Franklin, with Brandon Cochran officiating. The family will visit with friends on Monday, March 4th from 11 a.m. to 1 p.m. at Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home. Hometown Memorials is sponsored by Oaks and Nichols Funeral Home, serving with dignity and consideration for over 150 years. As years go by, people may tend to forget just what a funeral is really all about. At Oaks and Nichols, we believe it's first and always a special remembrance of someone you love. We start by listening to your needs and desires. If you're unsure, we can help gently, professionally. At Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors, we haven't lost sight of why we're here, to serve Murray County families in the ways they prefer, and why Matt and Susie Sowell believe the way to honor tradition is with especially personal service. We believe your traditions, your customs, your rites of passage are very important, but we also believe in taking care of your personal wishes as well. At Oaks and Nichols, we try to do more than just the expected things, so the service you receive honors your heritage and is uniquely yours, and we invite you to experience the difference. Oaks and Nichols Funeral Directors, 320 West 7th Street in Columbia, since 1856, people you can rely on. For your southern Middle Tennessee weather, we will have considerable cloudiness today with occasional rain showers. The high will be around 50 degrees with winds out of the south-southeast at 5 to 10 miles per hour. There's a 50% chance of rain. Tonight, we can expect showers early, followed by cloudy skies overnight. The low will be 47 degrees with light and variable winds. The chance of overnight rain, 50%. For your weekend forecast, we will see partly cloudy skies both Saturday and Sunday. We'll have a significant warm-up with Saturday's high at 66 degrees and on Sunday, 73. The overnight low on Saturday will be 48, on Sunday, 57. Let's take a break. When we come back, we'll cover state and national news that affect you. You're listening to Southern Middle Tennessee Today. 
Debbie Matthews grew up and lives in beautiful Columbia, Tennessee. As a realtor, she is well-versed in homes, neighborhoods, development, and schools. She wants to share her love of her home state with others to help them find just the right place to raise a family, open a business, or develop a dream. From luxury listings to land, she can handle it all. She is the current leading producer. Nashville Realty Group. Contact Debbie Matthews Realtor at 615-476-3224. That's 615-476-3224. Family first. (laughs) My dad used to tell us that all the time. But family first wasn't just something he'd say to us. It was how he lived every day of his life. And it's how I try to live mine, too. At Shelter Insurance, our agents are dedicated to helping provide personalized auto, home, and life protection that puts your family first. For auto, home, life, or business insurance, see Shelter Agent Tommy Hyde Jr. at 388-2009. Are you thinking about a new fence? Maybe you need a pole barn. Then you should give Sands Fence Company a call. That's 931-309-1644. Will Sands has built his business based on the principles of honesty, quality, and integrity. Sands Fence Company has been in business for over 20 years, providing the community with farm, residential, and commercial fencing, as well as pole barns and buildings. Call today for a free estimate. Sands Fence Company, 931-309-1644. 931-309-1644. For 40 years, the Jewelers Bench has worked hard for their customers and provided the highest quality jewelry at the best price. They keep going back. Recent renovations have allowed them to expand their inventory. More high quality jewelry, custom vintage and estate pieces, and professional jewelry and watch repairs. They also buy gold. The Jewelers Bench, still here, still great service. 808 Trotwood Avenue, Columbia. When you bank local, you get local expertise. Hi, this is Felicia Brown with First Farmers. We've supported families, individuals, and businesses of Middle Tennessee for over a century. You are more than an account number. You are our community, and we're committed to helping you thrive. Switch to First Farmers, visit myfirstfarmers.com, or call 1-800-882-8378. Member FDIC. This is Trey Adcock with Dixie Equipment Sales and Rental. We sell ASV and Wacker Neuschen equipment. We also rent a wide variety of compact equipment in the Middle Tennessee area. Come see us. We are located in Columbia, Tennessee at 200 East 16th Street. You can call us at 615-969-0118 or visit our website at www.dixiediesel.com. We have been in business for over 42 years and we would love to help you turn your project into reality. Your home is your biggest investment. Getting the most for it when it comes time to sell is important. At The Way Realty, we help you get more by providing all our clients with a full-service real estate company. At no extra cost to you, we help you prepare your house to look its best with home staging, landscaping, professional pictures, marketing on all the major websites, touch-up repairs, and home inspection repairs up to $700. Get more with The Way Realty by reaching out to us to see what we can do for you and to find out the market value of your home. Visit us today at thewayrealtytn.com. Call us at 931-580-4669 or stop by our showroom at 800 Hatcher Lane, Columbia, Tennessee.
Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee Today on WKOM 101.7 and WKRM 103.7. This program is sponsored in part by George Vrylis and the great team at The Way Realty. I'm Tom Price. And now news from around the state. U.S. Representative Mark Green will seek re-election despite his strong desire to leave Congress this year. A quick reversal from his retirement plans he announced just two weeks ago. Green's initial retirement announcement took many by surprise, though it came amid a slew of similar retirements by high-ranking House Republicans. The congressman's office earlier this week confirmed he was reconsidering his decision as reports simmered that some Tennessee Republicans had asked him to rethink his plans. In a statement, Representative Green said former President Donald Trump was among those encouraging him to seek re-election. While my strong desire was to leave Congress at the end of this year, since my announcement, I have received countless calls from constituents, colleagues, and President Trump urging me to reconsider, Green said in a statement. I was reminded of the words of General MacArthur on a statue at West Point. Duty, honor, country. I realized once again I had a duty to my country to fulfill. I will be running for re-election so I can be here on day one next year to help President Trump end this border crisis once and for all, he said. Green's retirement would have left the Republican primary in the 7th Congressional District wide open. Green had never faced a primary challenge for the seat. Former Nashville Mayor Megan Barry, a Democrat, announced in December she would seek the Democratic nomination in the 7th 7th Congressional District and challenge Green for the seat. In a statement, Barry slammed Green's reversal, saying he's decided to run for a job that just two weeks ago he said he didn't want just because his party bosses told him to, she wrote. Executive Director Ryan French, South Central Tennessee Tourism Association, announced this week the launch of the Tennessee Tourism Investment Project, a 501c3 organization established to expand SCTTA's philanthropic capabilities. Tourism professional Dominic Gildini will serve as executive director of the nonprofit. The mission of the Tennessee Tourism Investment Project is to secure funding, develop sustainable tourism projects, and implement programs that enhance tourism throughout the South Central Tennessee Tourism Association's realm of influence. This is a great day for tourism in Tennessee, the second largest industry in the state, French said. This initiative gives business leaders and entrepreneurs a solid path to help fund great projects in the region so we can continue to build sustainable tourism for future generations. Tennessee Tourism Investment Project is designed to create educational, professional, and transformational tourism opportunities to contribute to a culture of tourism entrepreneurship in South Central Tennessee. Let's take one last break. When we come back, we'll cover the final story of the day. You're listening to Southern Middle Tennessee Today. Turner and Osborne Tire Company, 1016 South Main Street in Columbia. Give them a call at 931-388-6822. They've been doing business since 1947 and in their current location since 1964. They provide the best tire and mechanical work at some of the best prices in Middle Tennessee. Hey, they're official Michelin and Goodyear dealers, and they've got all kinds of brands as well. Stop by and see Walker Vining and his professional staff, or check them out online at turnerandosborne.com. That's turnerandosborne.com. 
Minutes matter when you call 911 for a heart attack, and Murray Regional Health is ready to care for you. Utilizing the state-of-the-art cardiac cath lab at Murray Regional Medical Center, our team of expert cardiologists and experienced clinical professionals are equipped to investigate heart conditions quickly and perform life-saving interventional procedures. Go to murrayregional.com heart to learn more. And remember, always dial 911 when you or someone near you is experiencing heart attack symptoms. Murray Regional Health, where clinical excellence meets compassionate care. Have you ever wondered if your insurance needs can be personalized? This is Hunter Carey. Our team specializes in planning your insurance needs to get you the best possible solution. State Farm is the largest home and auto insurer in the country. I love bringing that to my hometown. Born and raised in Columbia, I'm grateful for our close community ties. We offer help with home, auto, and life insurance for everyone in our community. Our office is located at 909 South Garden Street, across from the fire station. We're also online at huntercary.com. That's huntercary.com. Welcome back to Southern Middle Tennessee Today and our final story. This weekend March marks the start of a new month, which means it's time for another First Fridays in downtown Columbia. As always, the main First Fridays events will run from 5 to 8 p.m., with shops staying open later than usual. Music around the square, food trucks, and more. The Mule House, located at 812 South High Street, will host a special Locals Live concert featuring many local artists and songwriters. The show is set to start at 7.30 p.m. on Friday and will feature sets by The Grove Trio, Smith & Gone, Cochise County, and Lockwood Bar. Tickets are $15 and are available at www.themulehouse.com. That's all for this edition of Southern Middle Tennessee Today on Kennedy Broadcasting WKOM WKRM Radio. If you ever miss a part or all of this broadcast, you can listen to it anytime or read the transcript online by visiting frontporchradiotn.com. I'll be back on Monday to update you with the latest news. I'm Tom Price. Thanks for listening. Be safe and have a great weekend.